on this uh, sunny but cold Wednesday. And you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. On this uh, <clears throat> very cold Wednesday, maybe you're in need of some oil. Maybe you need to have your oil tank filled. If that's the case, call Henry Oil today at 401 401- 5210200 Henry Oil reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery you can depend on Henry Oil reliable affordable since 1947 <clears throat> remember lock and cap pricing automatic delivery budget plans oil burner service and installation and service contracts serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern mass it's Henry Oil call them today 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred four zero one five two one zero two hundred for Henry Oil. We're going to start. Uh, we normally do Facebook Live during this time. One's been a little under the weather, but we are going to start it. We're going to be starting uh, Facebook Live. If you like to be part of that, interact with other people. That's going to be starting just in a few uh, few moments as we're re- rebooting everything. I should say um, <clears throat> on this. Wednesday. And folks, again, I want to remind you, visit the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, brought to you by Brood Awakenings. You know, I was at Brood Awakenings in Johnston yesterday. Folks, they are open, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great staff, delicious food. Remember, there's a Brood Awakenings. Discover the brew difference right there. Two locations, not one, two locations in Johnston. Also, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, right off of uh, Route 37. And then, Bald Hill Road in Warwick. And there they have the, you know, it's just fantastic. It's beautiful. It's got the big conference room, full service bar, brood awakening. Stop it and see them. Well, folks, I want to start off. Governor McKee spoke and had his COVID briefing just a short time ago. And um, and I one thing, I, you know, I, I don't always want to come uh, to you and talk about bad news. There is some, some good news. And there's two people that I want to point out. One is... Rhode Island State Senator uh, Jessica De La Cruz, who she shared information that was put out by, um, first of all, there was a story in the Providence Journal, and then we have the doctor that we talked to, Dr. Andrew Boston, who I think has just been terrific, and I don't know why uh, there's such opposition to the doctor from many members of the media. Uh, but Governor, uh, excuse me, Senator Jessica De La Cruz put out, she said, she tweeted, a question I've asked Department of Health several times. How many people are hospitalized with COVID versus because of COVID? And I know some people may not get the distinction, but there is a distinction there. Hospitalized with COVID versus because of COVID. So <clears throat> the Providence Journal did a story, and one of the things that they highlighted was unlike other states, Rhode Island does not distinguish how many COVID positive patients are hospitalized, primarily by uh, the virus versus another issue. And it was uh, Dr. Andrew Bostom who very aggressively put that out on Twitter. And I was kind of tracking his tweet that he pointed that out. And then State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, she expounded on it and, and talked about it. And then I want to give credit to, and boy, I'll tell you, I think he is uh, is missed. And that is, he used to be the op-ed page, um, wrote the op-ed, the opinion pages for the Providence Journal was, was Ed Acorn. And to his credit, Ed Acorn. Uh, a lot of people, you know, I'll say that social media a lot of times gets a negative rap, but it is certainly a way to get information. It's certainly a way to interact with people you normally would not. All these people that just knock it or they're not even on it, which is unimaginable to me, um, especially if you're in the media. I think that's just laziness. There are some people in the media. They, they don't even have you know a Twitter page or a Facebook. But Ed Acorn put, I think if other states can provide this important information to the public, so can Rhode Island. So Dr. Bostom said, Governor McKee, why can't you insist on accurate COVID-19 hospitalization reporting, which separates incidental from true hospitalizations, as the governors of Mass and New York have done? 
And and then he quoted uh, Patrick Anderson of the Providence Journal, who who put that out in New York City. And this was in the Projo article. More than half of the roughly 6,000 COVID positive hospital patients did not give COVID as a reason for admission. Statewide of New York, 11,500 COVID positive patients, 43% were admitted for non-COVID reasons. Massachusetts plans to differentiate between patients admitted private, primarily for COVID and its public health reports. So, so far, Rhode Island is not looking to change how it's counted COVID hospitalizations. So I want to give credit to Dr. Andrew Boston, who pointed that out. And then Ed Acorn picked up on it. And then I really want to give credit to State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, who I also admittedly, you know, she is the minority whip state senator for District 23, serving North Smithfield, Boroughville, uh, in Gloucester. She is um, really, really seen as an up and coming star in the state. People that deal with Senator Jessica De La Cruz, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, she is, for someone who is still, you know, relatively new, but she's got a great way about her. Uh, I hear nothing but positive things. She's highly, highly likable. Um, I don't know when her time is. Apparently, you know, she may not. I'm, I'm still hearing mixed things that we may see her go for a statewide office. Um, I know the office that I wish she would go for, but that's just, you know, my my reason for wanting. And I'll, I'll have her on at some point, but Senator, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. I mean, obviously, folks, the office that I would like to see her go for, and I, I will express this to her, but um, for several reasons, but it, it's the Secretary of State's office. Because is it, it is a, such an important office. It is an office that, this is my opinion, that our current Secretary of State, there's also something odd about the word secretary. I know that I've seen polls that a lot of people, they still think of the old, you know, you don't hear anyone say secretary anymore. It's, you know, that that's like something from Mad Men or, or uh, sitcoms or television from like the 60s or 70s into the 80s. But, you know, now it's office assistant. So, but, a lot, you know, I don't know why. I mean, that's, that, that's just the term and the title that everyone has uh, around the country, right? Secretary of State, that's, that's really everywhere. But I, I think, and I, I don't know if she is considering it. it. It's also, I get it, it's a gamble because... Rhode Island State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, who, who by all accounts, you know, seemingly is like a, a rising star. And if she lost running for that, then she's out. So she may feel, you know, I, I still don't, I don't want to give up my seat as a state senator. I feel I'm just starting to get into a groove. And if someone feels that way, then you know, it doesn't seem right to then say to someone, no, you should run for statewide office. But I believe that if that were to happen, number one, I, I think there's a lot there. Number two, this is a, a situation, if she ran for secretary of state, that it's, I mean, she's really needed. She could also be a star. Whoever gets that office, if it was someone other than, I mean, the person they have that the unions have put up to run now and the Democrats, that guy is like, you know, a total union hack. And he's not going to, he certainly isn't going to do anything to improve the office. It's going to get worse. I'm telling you right now, the Rhode Island Office of Secretary of State run by Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, um, it should never have been allowed to get into the situation that it is right now, which is, you know, as I, I've told you, and one thing that Nellie Gorbea has benefited from is the fact that that the media, for whatever reason, but they, they just give her they give her a free pass. She she's never 
you know, questioned on things. She she's never challenged on things. Um, uh, Nellie Gobea, probably because she's number one female, probably because she's you know Latino. But if anyone really wanted to uh, be a star, I believe that that is such an important office because you you would make. Literally, I think national headlines with the amount of uh, what what's wrong with that office that would get you an awful lot a lot of attention. If there was someone, and by the way, I want to be very clear: I don't have I don't have a problem with someone who, you know, if you have someone that runs for office and and wants to be a star. I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, because if anything, it it tends to be, it makes them more aggressive and, you know, and a lot of good things can come from that. But if, if a Republican would actually get that office, meaning Rhode Island Secretary of State, um, this, I see it as a path. This is someone that would... You know, you. I hope they wouldn't mind being on Tucker Carlson and being on Hannity and being on all the shows because what they could uncover in the Rhode Island election system. The, the part of the problem is you have people that are well intentioned, but you know they don't even. <clears throat> it's like that scene in Moneyball where Brad Pitt, Billy Bean goes around the room and 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 is saying to everybody, "Okay, what's the problem?" And then, you know, they're saying, well, Billy, I think we're, we're all aware of what the problem is here. And then it's, it's very clear that, that that's not the case, that they, they don't know what, what the problem is. So, and, that, and that's unfortunately, but that is a problem with a lot of people that are looking for election reform in Rhode Island. So, but someone that actually runs and gets the office, they could do a lot with it. And there's a lot there. There's so much there because of I can tell you that when I communicate with the Trump people, they don't ask who's running for governor. They ask, how come your state still doesn't have a candidate for secretary of state? Because, folks, as I've and again, at 1219, good afternoon, one and all. It is one. It's the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, Because the problem is. Is the, there's and, and again, I I do have plans to speak with GOP Chairwoman Susie Yankee this week. We connected over the weekend. I I said I'd like a chance to kind of talk to you off here first before on air. Um, but I I um and I don't know. She may say we have just the person that's going to run for Secretary of State. But folks, you know that unless someone goes and gets a hold of that office and really starts to dig down. We, we, this, this, we, you know, this is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to go anywhere. Uh, Gorbea has been well insulated. She has a media that's been very cooperative with her. Um, the Providence Journal was bringing legal action against her and then they settled for whatever reason. They're the only local press entity. I know some people will say, you know, well, you should go. You don't understand. I mean, it's, it's costly, it's time consuming, and, 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 and I'll say this, you, you need someone, I, I believe, that has some standing. We have not seen any element of pushback other than, I'll say this, Patricia Morgan, uh, Representative Republican Patricia Morgan, that I have seen is the only person that has really pushed for some kind of election and voting reform. And she stands out. The rest of the Republicans up on Smith Hill, they have not done that. So I am telling you, I am telling you that the elections are not legit. And I'll say the same thing that I tell people, you know, people are asking me, what do you, what do you think now the latest of uh, uh, Cranston Mayor Ken Hopkins may run for governor? Listen, I, I like Mayor Hopkins. In some way, he, he might be the right type of candidate. Uh, he hasn't run statewide before. He's got a good way about him. He's a former coach. He is the mayor. 
People certainly seem to enjoy Cranston and their quality of life. I think quality of life could be an issue in the upcoming election. He, he, you know, put down iron fist against those ATV riders. When you think of how Mayor Alorza has destroyed the city of Providence, I think someone like Mayor Hopkins coming along with his message, the timing could be perfect. So, but that said, the office that I think they need their uh, brightest star going for the party is still that Secretary of State's office. And I'm going to stay consistent with what I've said. And not just because I said it, it's because I believe it. I I think after this election cycle, the entire state, now today's Wednesday, January 12th. um, And as you can tell, once I'm still, I, I mean, I feel fine, still a little congested nasally, but I mean, everyone, there's certainly enough bugs going around or whatever we're calling them these days, viruses, uh, germs, minor bouts with minor colds and so forth. But the the Nellie Gorbea, she's she's the sitting secretary of state and she's going to be basically running her own Democrat primary. I, 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 is there anyone that thinks on its surface that that's a good idea? And I fully get it. She's got the talking points down that it's the board of elections that run it. It's the board of canvassers that runs it. But she controls the voter rolls. She controls her office controls who is allowed to register to vote. And if you really read between, you know, the headlines, um, New York City, the Republicans in New York City are pushing back. Against the fact that it started with de Blasio, where they want to let 800,000 illegals vote in in elections in New York City. And the New York Republicans are pushing back on that. And they they need to push back on that. Because even, you know, when I mentioned yesterday, the Wall Street Journal had a good piece that the danger involved. And, and it's, it's wrong. They shouldn't be voting. But... I noticed, for instance, there's a story in the Boston Globe. Pediatricians call on Rhode Island to cover all kids. You know, they're very strategic. So this doctor who's a pediatrician, and she's a pediatrician in, you guessed it, Central Falls, because it always comes back to Central Falls. And it's these talking points of we have to stop referring Excuse me, the children as as like legal and children that are illegal and all kids are the same. And folks, you know, the big question is who's paying for all this? And as I like to tell people, you know, look in the mirror, you're paying for it. That's who's paying for it. It's still where they blur the lines is why is it? Let's just say you're listening right now and you live in pick a play, Cumberland, Lincoln, wherever. And you work hard and you hold down a job and maybe you're married, you have a family and you and your spouse work. You try to do the best for your family. You have other family that are around. Why is it? Why do Rhode Island politicians? Because this is going to be legislation at the statehouse. Why is it that you and I'm talking to you right now. On AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, or maybe you're listening online or on the Facebook page. But why um, why do you have to pay for children um, from Guatemala and Colombia and other countries that have entered the United States, overstayed a visa, or just come here and, and are living in the state illegally? Why? You know, uh, let me just go to where she says Rhode Island previously provided access to health coverage for undocumented children until 2008. I apologize, folks. And then where funding was removed. So their piece is cover all kids. Get this done. Regardless of immigration status and blah, blah, blah. But let me ask you, how would people react? How would people react if... Remember, they're going to use this with your taxpayer dollars. How would you react if they were removing money from your paycheck or your city and town and sending it to Guatemala 
or sending it to Columbia and you say, hey, wait a minute, what is this $30 or whatever it is, $50 a month that you're taking out of my paycheck? And it looks like you're sending it to these country, you know, to these countries south, south of Mexico. And they said, you know, because cover all kids, that's what it is. That's a, now, they, they don't have to do that because those kids are, are right here. But they're very strategic with the imaging and I'm sorry, folks. It's, it's kind of like the homeless debate. You know, the homeless debate, the, the homeless, all arguments end <clears throat> when someone declares they're trying to help the homeless. All arguments end if someone declares that they are homeless. Homeless has become unaccountable. If you're homeless and you're on the street, you are not expected to stay sober. You're not expected to stay off drugs. You're not expected to make good decisions with your money. You're even not expected to get a job. It is, it's such a blanket. It, it's such a, a buzzword of no matter what, if they say they are homeless, it is it's like all bets off. You know, it, it's, it's as if someone says they're a puppy. It's kind of like, you know, when, when um, social media really started to take off several years ago and you started to see these GoFundMe campaigns, there were these people in other states that would get arrested. They would, <clears throat> they would shave their head and claim that they were going through cancer treatment. Or they, there were a couple women that even shaved their daughter's head and claimed they were going. And people, of course, tugs at your heartstring. Oh, my God. You know, listen, I got bad news. Little Ellie here has to have another operation for a brain tumor. That woman, she was a mother, shaved the child's head, posted photos. I mean, the poor little child was like three or four years old. You could see the shaved head. You're going to have another and until they realized it was all a fraud. People and anyone that started to say, you know, that's that's odd. You know, who's the doctor? And and um, I or people that would try to get more information. It was like all bets are off. You know, didn't you hear me? We're battling cancer here. How dare you question? Where's the money going or what is it for? And it's that that is what's become with homeless. Anytime I post something on homeless, I have these people on social media come after you, you know, show a little compassion. How dare you? You know, a society is only as good as blah, blah, blah. Again, I come back to the homeless hotel that Nilo and Warwick, the people that live there. It's, it's like you can't. And by the way, the head of Crossroads knows that and they play upon that. How dare you question you know, why don't those people have jobs? They're homeless. What part of that don't you understand? Well, they're not homeless right now. They're living in a boutique hotel. And they do get meals. And when I interviewed them, several complained about the meals. And then they cut back their curfew and they just put them in the back because they're walking all over the neighborhood. But the bottom line is the homeless advocates, they always use that as a shield. And if you criticize you know, um, the head of Crossroads, she makes over 300000 a year, it's supposed to be a nonprofit. As I started to question online, so, so no one, she wouldn't do the job for 250 right? Wouldn't do the job for 250 200 was a no-go. Had to get the 300 k How dare you question? She's doing, she's Mother Teresa on earth. She's, yeah, Mother Teresa didn't make three hundred grand a year, I'll tell you that. Mother Teresa worked in the slums of Calcutta. Mother Teresa comforted people who were literally starving to death and dying. And she was, they were, her face was the last face they were seeing. While they were still breathing and conscious. Little bit of a difference between that, someone making 300 large, booking out, and as three million, I'll take every room you have at the Nilo in Warwick near the mall and make it the homeless hotel. But my point is, these people, you know, how dare you question? She's underpaid. She should make three times that. 
One person put on social media, the head of Crossroads pay should be equivalent to whatever Tom Brady is making. I don't know how you come up with that comparison. The head of Crossroads, Rhode Island, that works on the homeless and deals with the homeless shelters, should be paid the same as not only a quarterback in the NFL, but the best and most popular and greatest quarterback of all time. How do you come up with that? She should make whatever Tom Brady makes. That's an interesting... Why, why shouldn't she make whatever Josh Allen makes? Why, why shouldn't she make whatever Mac Jones... You know, why, why do you come to Tom Brady? The head of Crossroads, Rhode Island, her pay should equal whatever Tom... Well, Tom Brady, I think, is getting $35 million from the Bucks. Let alone, he's just put out a clothing line. Where's the equivalent of this? How dare you question how much she, she, whatever she's being paid, it's not enough. That's the attitude. Folks, this portion of the program, and we do have some news on, um, on what Governor McKee announced. But he, he did react to social media today. He did. You know what else is interesting? Channel 10 and 12 did not carry his press conference. The governor himself said, join me on Facebook Live. Why, do, why is that significant? Because they never would have done that to Ramundo. Are you kidding me? Channel 10 or Channel 12, if they had told Gina's people we're not going to carry it, then, then she would have been on the phone with the news director or the station manager and said, guess what? Channel 10, you don't carry my COVID briefing? Uh, why? Because you're running Ryan and Kelly or whatever, and 12 was, I don't even know what they run, game show or something, but, uh, well, then I guess we'll just have to give all our exclusives to Channel 10. Or what it said to Channel 10, then we have to give them all to Channel 12. I, I recognize it's a little inside baseball, but it, it says a lot to me that that Governor McKee could not, his people couldn't get, I mean, we're not talking about 30 networks, three television stations, and they wouldn't carry his uh, COVID briefing. Of which, again, I, I, I still don't understand this. We're number one in the nation. Like, I, I don't know who wrote the talking point. It makes no sense. The best thing I heard from the McKee people, and I don't know what took so long, but apparently at CCRI, they're now going to have testing available 24-7. That, whoever's idea that was, and that was done in other states, by the way, but that makes the most sense of anything that he announced. The other stuff, they, you know, not so much. Other than um, Pork Boy's producer. Can you, I'll, I'll touch on that in a moment. Folks, this portion of the program brought to you by Coogan Heating. It's Coogie. Is it cold in your home? Call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401 If you're having a problem with your heat right now, call Coogan Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. I think I could play it, but basically, Pork Boy, Dan York's producer, went there to the briefing and was asking Dr. Scott. Now, think of this. WPRO, my old station on the dial, telling Dr. Scott, why aren't you closing restaurants, gyms, and other events? Why are you allowing people to go out to bars and restaurants? Why, why would you do that? If there's any type of business like that, that does business with uh, Pork Boy, his, that was his producer. I heard it myself. And Dr. Scott tried to demur and say, well, you know. She actually gave a decent answer. I was just comfortable in my home, and I was watching uh, football. It was a good football weekend. So, to her credit, it was like trying to dodge it. And then Pork Boy's producer stayed at it. No, so you're saying it's okay to go to a bar and a restaurant and go to a basketball game. Why aren't you, you know, almost trying to like, I thought you cared about children. Why aren't you uh, closing down those things? I, I... I mean, talk about someone that they, they, they just want. See, this is the people 
There are people out there. They still want the whole state to close. They want everything closed. Same thing. I love the people that don't have children that are saying they should just go to distance learning. Do you realize that distance learning, first of all, it's an oxymoron. Uh, There's no learning going on. I think I found it, actually. Why aren't you closing the bars and restaurants? We were together. Uh, It's definitely important to conduct your behaviors that are different from she insisted on wearing a mask prior to the pandemic, particularly right now. We obviously know that we don't have to be as restricted as we were this time last year when there were, um, you know, limitations in terms of business and mobility and that type of thing. We do have tools that allow us to conduct our necessary. Is that amazing? That is. So the producer or Pork Boys producer is basically putting her on the spot and saying, how come you're not closing everything down? I think I have the first part of this. Why are you allowing people to go to basketball games and nightclubs and bars and restaurants? And why are you, you know, I think I could find it. I'll find it in a moment. Oh, I thought I had it. Here we go. Dr. Alexander Scott, there's a lot of confusion right now, of course, amongst people with what to do, how to handle this. Huh. So I ask you, just on a personal level, would, would you go eat in a restaurant? Would you go to a basketball game? Would you attend a concert at a club in Providence? And what's your advice to people right now that are scrambling around trying to figure out how to handle their lives? You know, this business of people, <clears throat> that's Park Boys producer. All right, so they... People are confused how to live their life. What are you talking about? This is not April, May of 2020. Uh, People know the drill. You know, one thing I'll say about the McKee briefing today, and I think this is a positive thing. They're starting to give up on the unvaccinated. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. they're, They're stopping. They've started to say, at this point, if you don't have it, like, that's it. This is like the auction, going once, going twice. Anyone now, there are people that know about it, people that know if they, they want to get it, they can get it. Um, I thought that was another highlight of what, finally, they're not going to keep beating everyone over the head and telling people to go and get vaccinated. People, if people, if you hadn't had it by now, then they're not going to get it. <clears throat> I will tell you this at 1239. And folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Hey, this Saturday night, Patriots and Bills catch all the action. Dana, they run a great place. Football playoffs are here. And this weekend, there are playoffs Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. Catch all the action. End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Um, Plenty of safe, free parking. Make that your news re- New Year resolution to pop in there and have a drink and uh, say hello to everybody. But and finally, they're, they're getting off that. As I have said, I'll tell you where people are. People should not be confused. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. Um, Governor McKee, in many ways, they slipped up. But... They've benefited from the Biden administration also screwing up. Um, I believe that on this Wednesday, January 12th, listen, right now it, it is rampant. But as I've been saying, I think over the next two weeks, you're going to have two different types of people, people that had it and now they have natural immunity, so they're don't have to worry about it. And then you're going to have people who are vaccinated and got the booster. And so when they're getting it, they're getting mild symptoms. So it's going to be one of the two. I think in the next two weeks, the number of people 
who haven't either had COVID or Omicron, whatever, but or been vaccinated, that number is going to get smaller and smaller. You know, no one is mentioning herd immunity anymore, but I, I think we're almost going to start to get close to that. So what does that mean? It means children belong in school. The pe- these people that don't even have children that are saying distance learning, that, that it's not learning. It's like shutting down the schools. Um, I thought Dan McGowan's comment, I agree with him, that Bob Walsh and the teachers unions, that this was like a little test. That's what they do. They want to test Governor McKee. You have a three-day weekend coming up. A bunch of the public school teachers are going to call out sick on Friday. And remember, they don't have to actually call anyone. You just go online and mark that you're going to be out. Um, If it's less than three days, you don't even need a doctor's note. So I already talked to one one day with online and said that already, like so many people are just going to put out, call out sick for Thursday and Friday. And then it it turns into like a a five-day weekend, actually. So, you know, that will help it. But children need to be back in the school. One of the worst examples of pandering, speaking of the governor's race, and folks, this portion of the John DePietro show um, is brought to you by Propane Plus. Listen, make Propane Plus your propane provider. In Rhode Island, call them at 401-885-4209. 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508 252 3359. Remember, propane is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus. Three generations. Make Propane Plus your propane provider. Now, if you're a restaurant, a lot of businesses have started to use propane heaters and lamps outside. Contact Tim Johnson at Propane Plus, 401 885 4209. Um, when you talk about pandering, one, one of the biggest examples I have seen is that General Treasurer Seth Magaziner. <clears throat> he put out a statement. It was, I think, it was yesterday. Um, his education solution is basically to give billions, spend billions on brand new schools, um, which that 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 in no way helps. It just doesn't. It just doesn't help children learn. It, it helps them fail in, in a nicer setting. But what a lot of people, and there's no reason you wouldn't know this, but Providence actually has some beautiful brand new schools. And has the condition of the schools in Providence in any way helped their reading or math scores? The answer is no. Why would he propose? He started with a thing of like 300 million. And then another camp sent me a thing said, but then it would be, you know, like yearly bonds or then it'd be maintenance. They totaled the whole thing could end up costing like 2 billion. But let's just take it that he wants, if someone says we want 300 million for brand new schools, well, you know, that's one of those things. No one wants to think, gee, you don't want to do that to the kids and you don't want them in old drafty buildings. But what that's really about is it's a gift to the unions because they, there's only certain unions, they basically get a no-bid contract. And because it's a no-bid, let's just say there's a construction project that, you know, they put out $30 million. If they were actually putting it out to bid or they were bidding on it and there was competition – They'd probably have to come in closer to 22 million or 25 million. Because it's a no bid process, they automatically are going to get it. Then they juice it up about five or eight million, depending on how much the project is for. For a $300 million project, there's, there's nothing in that that says that children would perform better, read better, be better at math. Uh, be happier, more well-adjusted. The general treasurer is suggesting $300 million statewide bond for schools is him signaling to the unions, if you elect me governor and help me win the primary, I will take care of you. 
I will take care of you. One builder told me, whatever they are projecting, they probably that that's probably a project that could be done for somewhere in the vicinity of like two hundred and forty million. But then he they juice it up to like three hundred million. My point is, and another thing is, as someone sent me an email, what's the point? Of having these beautiful new schools, if you have a teacher's union that just keeps talking about go to distance learning, which is like the equivalent of shutting down the schools. Um, I thought Governor McKee, he seemed more in control. He likes the full team. He likes having, you know, he's got the lieutenant governor. He's got the Tom McCarthy. He's got Dr. Scott. He's got the National Guard. He, you know, it's not a bad approach. He certainly... You know, approaches it, all hands in the middle, we're all in this together, all hands on deck. Kind of, Governor McKee seems very comfortable in that. What I was going to say is what he has also benefited is, is the Biden administration has completely bungled um, COVID, right? I mean, the Biden administration, right now, inflation is the highest it has been in 40 years. Oil could go to one. I mean, this is insanity and, and no end in sight. So I think that's why you're already starting to see people put out that 2024 could be a rematch of Hillary against President Trump. Seems to be that way. I um, I also want to mention I um, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. President Trump is seemingly now. Starting to take shots at Governor DeSantis of Florida. Um, I, I'll admit, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I like the Ronald Reagan 11th commandment. You never take a shot at another Republican. I, I, from what I understand in here, the president feels that he basically really, you know, gave a boost to Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis, from what I hear, has failed to show a proper appreciation. It's kind of like a line from The Irishman where Joe Pesci plays the character and he's saying to Al Pacino, who's Jimmy Hoffa, uh, some people, not me, some people feel that you're failing to show proper appreciation. That's what I'm hearing from Team Trump. That they feel, right or wrong, that if it weren't for them, Governor DeSantis would be nowhere. So I, I don't know how that is going to play out. Uh, I, I, I'll say, you don't hear, I don't hear Governor DeSantis saying anything negative about President Trump. It's a little indirect. Um, I don't know who's flaming that. I don't, I don't particularly like that. I don't think that's the strongest way forward. Because if anything... You know, I, I hear from a number of people that they actually like the idea of the two men teaming up. So so big news out of today. McKee deploys National Guard to help out at Butler Hospital. Um, and as much as, you know, announces 100,000 rapid tests, I think Massachusetts has millions of rapid tests. CDC possibly considering new mask guidelines. Here we go again with the masking. Um I also see Channel 10 as parents and teachers push for virtual learning at the ride meeting. You know, they don't even mention that on the ride board are two huge union hacks, Larry Pertel of NEA and Christine Callahan. I I will never understand why those people are on the Rhode Island Department of Education board. Um, For that, I will give credit to the Education Commissioner, Infante Green, who continues to stay in-person learning is the safest and best option. Folks, I want to remind you, the local unions have also said that if they go to distance learning, they don't think that the teachers should even go into the classroom. In certain parts of the country, the teachers were in the classroom and the kids were all home. In Rhode Island, because the teachers union is so strong, you had teachers in their kitchen and all the kids were at home. And then you even had, all right, we're all going to sign on to this. And we're going to watch a movie. And you had instances of teachers were caught outside of their home. One parent saw their child's teacher 
at the grocery store. And she did a double take, like, wait a minute, my daughter's in your class. So the teacher's out shopping at Stop and Shop while her daughter's at home doing the class. And the, the teacher's just, you know, running errands and doing some shopping. I mean, that, how anyone's going to convince me that, like, that serves the people well. I remember years ago hearing a story of um, a teacher that had a serious drug problem. Public school teacher had a very serious drug problem. Every single day the kids would watch a movie. Every single day she'd put on a movie for the class. <clears throat> Sometimes the kid would be like, uh, excuse me, Miss So-and-so, we, we, already, we saw this two weeks ago. You're watching it again. Another movie for the Every class would just because she was like zoned out or hung over or whatever the problem was. But I, I'll give them credit that they're not backing down on that. They're not caving on that. And how, how is that serving the students and the children if then you have teachers unions that are still testing the governor and the system and they want to see if they can, you know, let's push this. Let's see if we can get away with it. Um, that That's absolutely wrong. So what did Governor McKee announce? You know, I, I still don't get this number one other than I don't even understand why they tout it. Um, it, it, it's maybe that's along the same school of Governor Raimondo with Rhode Island was number one in distance learning, whatever that means. Um, but Governor McKee keeps up that talking point. I'm not sure where it leads or what's the purpose of it, but he keeps up that talking point, doesn't seem to be leading anywhere. If you're waiting to get a test or waiting to get your test results back, um, does it matter to anyone that they're up there touting for whatever reason with number one. I don't even know what that means. Um, I also went online. They're, they're also not, not true. Massachusetts is doing more daily tests than we are. So I'm not sure why they were even putting that out. Uh, Massachusetts, but they should be. They're a larger state. So I think Massachusetts did 73,000 tests the other day. So if Rhode Island's doing, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but if um, if if Rhode Island is doing twenty thousand, and Massachusetts is doing seventy three thousand, well, I don't know why Governor McKee keeps saying we're number one in testing. So Rhode Island did twenty thousand tests a day, or twenty five. Massachusetts did seventy four thousand tests in one day. And then Governor Key says, that's right, we're number one. <laughs> Again, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. It kind of, it's like, you know those teams that once in a while, once a season, um, you'll catch the team, they talk to the team that lost afterwards in the locker room. And they say, you know, we're still the better team, even though we lost. Um, but I, I, I guess he's saying per capita. But I, I don't even understand why that's a talking point. Hey, folks, on this uh, chilly Wednesday, I want to remind you about West Fountain Auto Body. If you're in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Now, listen, it's Wednesday. Maybe it was someone hit some ice or some snow. Call West Fountain, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. The original, the best. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340. 272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body. So if someone hit your vehicle and you need to get it repaired, that's where when I had um, some damage done to my vehicle because some of the protesters, I brought it to Kenny Salvatore at West Fountain. And they fixed it beautifully. You never would have known and seen the damage. Folks, they're so helpful. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company, West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Well, folks, good afternoon. And again, uh, big story of the day is the Biden inflation, um, the, the Biden administration. Uh, and I think that's going to hurt Governor McKee. I think that's going to hurt Governor McKee because... You know, look at yesterday. There was President Biden in Georgia, and none of the Democrats wanted to be seen standing next to the guy. His approval rating in Georgia is his approval rating. The president's approval rating 
across the country is below 40%. In certain states, it's even lower than that. U.S. inflation soared 7% in the past year, the most since 1982. You know what I notice? You, you just, you don't hear anything about helping the families and how much it costs for you to put food on the table, to just get normal things to keep your life going. Um, there's nothing about that. They still have a big pool of money. I don't want to beat up too much on um, the McKee people because they... I'll say this. I mean, listen, he seemingly today, this is the best the governor has seen in quite some time. They obviously seem to feel that they're getting a handle on this thing. But I think I think a big part of this is going to just be that it's going to to um, uh, Rhode Island COVID wave could peak soon. Apparently, I I think you could argue that we're either right there or about to be right there. So. I'm not sure how much more. I would even probably say that this, based on what I'm seeing in here, this week seems to be the week that it's it's really peaking. Then you have the three-day weekend. That will keep children out of school, keep people, not a lot of people are back in the office anyway. And then, um, and then I think, folks, things, I believe, will slowly, listen, we're, we're, the answer is, I'll answer Pork Boy's producer answer, uh, question. People are learning to live with the virus. This is going to come down. I'll answer the question that was put forth by, um, in case you missed it. And again, folks, good afternoon at 1257. Dan Pork's producer went to the briefing today and was saying to Dr. Scott, there's still people going to basketball games. There's still people going to restaurants and clubs and bars. Uh, Why aren't you shutting down the state? Everything should be shut down. And where I disagree with that, folks, is... What we're going to have is people, and it's what it should have been in the very beginning. People with compromised immune systems have to make certain choices. People that are older have to make certain choices. People who have not been vaccinated need to start making uh, their own choices. If you have people that, in fact, uh, and especially younger people, that are totally healthy, Maybe they had COVID. Maybe they're anti, they're um, uh, asymptomatic. Then this business of Dr. Scott, shouldn't we be stopping basketball games? And shouldn't we be stopping people from going out in restaurants? And shouldn't we? The answer is no. You know, you know what else you're really starting to see is people. And it's kind of funny. And again, folks, right now it's 1259. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. And then the power hours next, again, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. I'm seeing people saying instead of, if you're going to force people to show their vaccination card, you should force people that are obese to show their gym membership card. <laughs> and then people are pushing back wildly on that. that. That has been kind of a theme along this whole thing. How come they never call it, as much as they would try to call it the pandemic of the unvaccinated, a lot of people have said it's really the pandemic of the obese. That's really who's been hit the hardest. All right, we're going to break for the one o'clock news. We have a lot more to go next hour on the radio. It's John DePietro back on the other side.